This is On and Off Your Mat Podcast, episode 214, The Skills of True Confidence. If you're afraid to let other people see you're weird, or you have internalized negative comments you've received growing up, or you find yourself faking your confidence a little bit, maybe even overcompensating a little bit, this episode is for you. For today's episode, I sat down with Alex Kennedy. Alex is a confidence coach and shuffle dance teacher who helps you ignite your fire of inner confidence. Through coaching, she specializes in helping high achievers be their raw, real, authentic self, learn to build self-trust and navigate challenges more gracefully, and to stop hiding their inner weird from the world. Through Shuffle Shred, which is her dance teaching platform, she helps her students connect deeper to their bodies, music, and the creativity that is bubbling within. Alex knows firsthand how empowering it is to quit living life for others and start trailblazing a unique path. And that's exactly what she helps all of her clients and students with one-on-one, group online coaching, and international shuffle and mindset retreats. In this episode, we talked about what is true confidence, like beyond the confidence mask you might wear or your need to prove yourself to others. We talked about why we lack confidence and what do we need to do to build this skill so you can finally radiate and glow bright yet subtly if you want. If this episode inspires you in any way, I mean, we were totally vibing, share it and help someone else on their journey to living more authentically. I always love to read your takeaways on the episode. So as you take a screenshot of the episode, you can share something you've learned on Instagram. Make sure to tag at on and off your mat podcast or at erica.belanger. I will be happy to see them and to reshare them. And you can also reach out to her or to me about the little seven day challenge we mentioned at the end of the episode for any ideas or support. Before we get to today's episode, I have one more reminder regarding Reconnect, Recharge and Reset, the retreat, which is coming in April. It's six weeks away, really, really soon. So if you've been thinking about this retreat, we only have three rooms left. It's really time to make your move before it's too late. This retreat is like getting three months of coaching with me packed in seven days. You'll learn all my favorite mind, body, spirit, nervous system and self-care practices so you can drop the hustle lifestyle, melt your stress and anxiety away, get out of emotional overwhelm and really transform your life from inside out. If you're a sensitive soul or you're a yogi and you're ready to put yourself first, cater for your needs, maybe without guilt for once, and learn what you need to come back to your life feeling rejuvenated and more importantly, equipped to make it last, this is going to be life-changing for you. You can go to ericabelanger.com slash retreat for all the juicy details you need. Or of course, DM me, send me an email. You'll have the links to that in the show notes so we can talk and hop on a call and talk it all out together. All right. If you're ready to jump in today's episode with Alex, let's go. It's going to be a fun one. Hi, Alex. Hello. Thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you for having me. It's an honor. It's such a pleasure. I'm excited about our conversation. For our listeners that don't know you yet, can you start by telling us a little bit about yourself and your journey? Yeah, for sure. So my name is Alex. I am a confidence coach and shuffle dance teacher, which both of those things go very hand in hand, especially if you've seen shuffle dance before. That's a whole other ball game we can go down. But basically, I love to help people become their most confident selves. And I think it really just stems to where I was at the very beginning Mm. of my journey and how things changed for me over time. And I just 
love making people feel the way that I feel now. Mm -hmm. Would you share a little bit more with us? Where were you at the beginning of that journey? Just for people that might be like, oh, I might be there as well. Yeah, totally. Absolutely. So growing up, I always thought that I was a very confident person. That was kind of the image that I portrayed. And I eventually realized that I was just really good at faking it. So I had this party girl image. I hid behind a lot of distractions, was always like caught up in the drama. And I really just wanted to be like the fun one, the outgoing one. And I was never deeply fulfilled by anything or any of that, because obviously a lot of it is very surface level. And I was always searching for validation outside of myself. So when I turned to personal development, I started understanding a little bit more about how I had more control and more power in my life than I believed. When That's when I realized how many masks and layers that I was wearing that actually were never true to me at all. So from that point, I basically became obsessed with understanding how to process and work with my thoughts, my emotions, literally my soul and have that like triple threat approach. And now that's exactly what I teach my clients to do as well. Mm -hmm. How did you figure out that your confidence was not really authentic? Like what was the aha moment, the place where you put your finger and you're like, oh, that was the clue that was kind of fake it till you make it. But I was not also doing anything to actually make it. I was relying on that only. Yeah, I think it was so much effort. Like I was really dedicated to this story. And no matter what I did, nothing ever changed. Like I never actually felt that fulfillment. And that was the major clue. Like it kind of got to the point where I felt like I was banging my head against the wall and showing this confidence in, you know, my work at the time, my friendships, like all the areas and all the boxes that people want to check. But then I'd go home at night and it didn't feel fulfilling. I kind of just felt like I was going through the motions day to day. And eventually I just got really tired of it. And I think that was the signal. I, I hit what I like to call my personal rock bottom. And I think everyone has a different variation of that. Mm -hmm. So then other than kind of being effortless, what does it mean to be confident? Like how does that look? What are the signs that people can look for or not look for other than, you know, making a lot of effort or not really feeling fulfilled? Mm -hmm. I love that. So For me, confidence kind of divides into two main sectors. The first one is the ability to look at any challenge or situation or just anything that happens in your life and wholeheartedly believe either I got this, I can figure it out, or I can at least get the support on it to figure it out. Like nothing feels like this impossible doom that I'm not going to be able to get through. So it's a confidence of like trusting and believing in myself and the tools that I have and the people around me, because obviously your support system is everything as well. And the other side of it, which is I think people when they hear and think confidence, this is more what they go towards. And it's the ability to own who you are at the core, unapologetically, and naturally along that path, you empower others to do the same. And I think there's like an energy to that. I know that's such like a woo random answer, but you know, when someone is either like in a conversation with you and you can like see them glowing, like you can really see that they're just like very comfortable being there 
Or even if it's someone who's more quiet, maybe they're sitting in the back corner of the room, but just their presence has this like glow to it. I really believe that that is someone who's owning themselves at the core. Mm, I like that. (laughs) Do you think it's easier to start with like facing challenges with a different attitude than embracing all of who you are? You think like one comes before the other or do they come together and kind of build onto each other? I definitely think that the order you set it in would probably come first facing those challenges because I believe in building a proof bank. And there are so many times in our life where we have done things that required courage and confidence and whatever. But when we're in another moment in the present that doesn't feel like we're having that confidence, we forget about all of those things. So if we can, in the moment, one step at a time, start to learn to navigate our challenges with more ease, and that doesn't mean that it's not difficult. It just means that we're not banging our heads against the wall, right? Not me, circa, you know, 2000, whatever. And I find that that proof bank gets built of like, wow, I really can do this. Wow, I really can show up for myself. And the second step of being and owning who you are at the core is almost a byproduct of that. It's like you have the receipts of all the times that you actually kicked ass and you're like, oh, well, I might be doubtful right now, but if I look at my track record, actually, I can show up for myself. I can get this done. I can figure things out. Even with you remember maybe in that one moment, you're like, oh yeah, that was hard. But in the end, I figured it out. Or not forgetting that even if it's hard in the moment, it doesn't mean that your result is impossible to get to. Yep. Absolutely. Hit the nail on the head there. I love that proof bank name because I call it with my coaching clients, and we've talked about this on the podcast before, a stack of awesome. And it's just like, stacking all the awesome things, all the proofs, all the receipts that you have done something awesome. So when you're in doubt, when you're feeling less confident, when you're in a place of like, shit, am I going to be able to do this? Then you can kind of go back to that little (laughs) stack or that little proof bank and remind yourself. Yeah. And even physically writing it out may be helpful. Like if you're someone who tends to have a difficult time remembering those things, especially when you're in the thick of it right now, Like have a note in your phone and it doesn't have to be like, oh, I climbed Mount Everest. Like it doesn't have to be that intense. It can be like, I told my mom that I didn't really appreciate the way that she spoke to me and we had a great conversation about it. Like it can be small moment to moment things that required that courage and confidence and you got through it with flying colors. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I feel like when we talk about confidence, A lot of time we think about it as like an identity, like I'm either confident or I'm not. Like it's a talent that you're born with, not a skill that you can learn necessarily. I don't know what's your perspective on that. And then in the same breath, where does that lack of confidence come from? If it's a skill versus a talent, like where do you think it like arises from that we're not feeling confident? I literally love that. I was actually kind of thinking about that even before we hopped on here today, because similar to what I was saying, like, A lot of people believe that confidence is that outward personality, but that you have to be like extroverted to be confident. The persona that I used to try to play was that. And I slowly realized I'm extremely introverted, but I'm also extremely bold and confident. So 
I don't need to go out there and be the loudest, boldest, craziest, wildest person in the room. But when I am speaking to someone or when I'm just sitting there, if I'm in the back corner, I picture like, I don't know why Rihanna comes to mind, but I picture her just like sitting there with so much like elegance. And it's just like, she knows she's Rihanna, even if she's not saying anything, you know? So I believe that it doesn't matter whether you're super outgoing, whether you're a little bit more reserved, that confidence can be portrayed with that. And the second part of the question that you asked was like, where does our lack of confidence come from? Yeah. So I personally don't believe that we come out of the womb and we're like, ah, unconfident. That's why I'm asking. Yeah. It's kind of learned. Totally. And, you know, ancestral, generational things aside, but truthfully, when it comes to just like you in yourself, I believe that we have had interactions or interferences or situations or conversations that have left us feeling less than awesome. And then we begin to take those things on as our personality. And we think that like, we should be different. So it's almost as if the people who naturally seem to be confident, we think that they're just, you know, they got the sticker slapped on their back at birth and they're born that way. And that's not the case for us. But in reality, it really depends on our environment. And it truly does start when we're quite young, as we know, like our personality, our identity is formed from such a young age. And it basically becomes a decision of whether or not we want to stick with that for the rest of our life or whether we want to explore what other options we might have and if this identity was ever ours or true to us to begin with. Yeah, if you didn't see the video, I was doing this little sign of like eating what she was saying. So then if it relates to our identity, what you were saying is basically we're internalizing negative feedback that we've received from family, from school, from friends, from all of the people we're in contact with. Can we stop internalizing that? Because we can't stop other people giving us feedback. Totally. (laughs) What's the step here? Yeah. One little thing I even want to add to that is sometimes that feedback had been given to us in some way, shape or form that we don't even realize that now it's something that we are going to react in like a defensive way to. And this still happens to this day. I'll catch myself feeling unconfident about something that no one said anything. We actually had this conversation the other day about control and this and that. And there are moments where I'll notice my own flaws, quote unquote, that I have decided as flaws and (laughs) react to that. So it's external, but I also believe it's that internal dialogue as well that's telling us we shouldn't be this way. We should be different. We should be more like person A or person B. So as far as that goes, like I think that in order to stop internalizing other people's comments, facial expressions, reactions, whatever, all of the external shit that we have around us that we can't control, we need to develop a really, really strong inner world. And I personally believe that that comes down to emotional regulation and nervous system regulation as well, which I know are two of your top topics as well. Yeah, I love that you brought that in. How do you see the link between emotional regulation, nervous system regulation, and actually feeling truly confident? I think that like a lot of people that are afraid to be their authentic self or afraid to be confident, whatever that looks like in their eyes, they're afraid to be like too much. And I think that the nervous system ties in here because 
if your body is fundamentally safe and grounded, like if all systems are firing and everything is working together, you're a well-oiled machine, the shit that happens on the outside takes a lot longer or a lot more to actually knock you off your rocker. I kind of look at it as like the external gust of wind or tornado or hurricane happening, whether it be a comment, a situation, whatever, anything external that we can't control. And it doesn't like take you, you know, it doesn't uproot your home and fling you into the ocean, but rather you stay rooted in the eye of the storm and you can navigate it with a lot more grace and a lot more clarity. Yeah. So basically, the more regulated you are to start with, the easier it is to deal with life challenges and not internalize the fact that because you're being tested right now or challenged right now, it means something about who you are. And it means that you're less than or not good enough in some way. Yeah, absolutely. And it's this like positive cycle, in my opinion, when you start working on this, because then that directly relates to confidence. Because as soon as something happens, you're like, I know what I need to do. I know what I can do to feel better about this. Like you have this tool belt that you're wearing at all times where it's like, even if it hurts, it doesn't mean you're never hurt or sad or angry. It super doesn't mean that. It's actually the polar opposite. <laughs> and it means that you can look at those uncomfortable moments and be like, oh, okay. Spicy. You know, fantastic. Let's see what we can do with this rather than literally just being like knocked completely sideways and, you know, shot down from it. Yeah, totally. I mean, if you are mostly regulated or you know how to bring yourself back in regulation, then that allows you to actually show up for yourself in self-soothing and self-care and self-love and all these things that then are going to feed your confidence, right? Like it's not coming out of nowhere and thin air. Like it's kind of based in that foundation of like, I got my own back and I can show up for myself. And that starts with, can you do that at the level of your like baseline of your nervous system. I love that. Yeah. A quick little example of that. Last night I was out for Super Bowl and someone that I like don't really know, I've met him a handful of times. We were talking about learning Spanish, which is something I'm trying to do right now. And I was saying, you know, this is something that I don't feel super confident in. I'm learning. I'm a beginner, whatever. And he looked at me square in the eye and he goes, you seem like a really confident person. Mm. I know. I was like, tell me more. <laughs> and this is just now something you get to move into that. He knows nothing about me, truthfully. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And then the duality this morning, I needed to regulate and self-soothe and do all these things. I had a little mental breakdown this morning and I fully worked myself through it. So confident is not having the stranger at dinner tell you that you're glowing and that you seem really confident and then sustaining that for the rest of existence. It's literally the fact that this morning I woke up, was borderline in freeze, moved myself through it, had a cry, and I'm sitting here talking about it right now and I feel 300% better because of those tools, because of the fact that I knew that this one moment wasn't going to just ruin it for me, essentially. I love that reminder because I feel like confidence is also a thing that people might seem as like achieved and like checked, it's done, I'm good to go, where it just ebbs and flows like a lot of other things in our life. And we have to 
consciously stay with it. If we want to experience it, we have to do these other things that are foundation for our well-being in general. And then that can flourish from there. And it's not like, okay, I'm confident, done. I never need to look at this again. Yeah, totally. It's something that as the more confident you are, the more bold you're going to be in your choices and the opportunities you take. And that's going to require another level of you looking at yourself and seeing where those like crunchy areas are or see where you're feeling a lack of confidence. Like every time I feel like I've, you know, moved to another level in any area of my life, there's always those moments where the old me knocks on the door and is like, you sure about that? You sure you can do that? Right. And using these tools, using everything, it's like, just watch. I trust me. Yeah. So we talked about emotional regulation and nervous system regulation being an action that leads you towards more self-confidence. What else is there? What else can people do actionably, like start today if they want to build their confidence? So the nervous system and emotional regulation, I think really plays to that first thing I was saying, like believing that you can overcome challenges. And we were talking about how the second part of that is owning who you are in the most real, raw, ridiculous way possible. And a lot of people who lack confidence, I think are afraid of like showing their weird and showing their quirky. And I think that having the courage to let other people into that side of you is just about starting small. And that's such a typical piece of advice that anyone would give, but it doesn't mean you have to like go on Instagram and go live and share all your deepest, darkest secrets. But Like if you're a giant weirdo like me, I invite you to take like one week where in the moments where you would like bite your tongue from saying something like funny or quirky or making that weird facial expression, which I'm full of, instead of choking it down, like let it come out just a little bit. And maybe with someone you're really comfortable with, like choose someone that feels very grounding to you. And if they're not already in on this part of your life, let them in. And in a complete polar opposite, some people may be hearing that being like, oh, I can't do that. It actually could be helpful to do it with strangers on the internet. I was saying the other day, I have no problem talking about how wild and wacky I am on my Instagram stories, but certain things I feel like a little bit more reserved by sharing with the people closest to me. But I'll just go like put it on Instagram and be like, hi, I'm a weirdo, like, you know. So sometimes having that, like, they're strangers, they're far away, they're... They don't know you, you don't have a relationship, yeah, you don't really care about their judgment as much necessarily as someone you love. Totally. So that could, depending on you personally, those could both be good routes to take, but still... Just starting small and seeing how those bonds will grow and be nurtured and actually grow you closer to other people, as well as how freeing it is to just kind of do whatever you want in the most loving way possible. Obviously, you know, a loving intention is always needed here. And it's just so freeing rather than holding things back. Yeah. So letting people see your weird. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) embrace your weird. I even teach that in shuffling. Like as a dance teacher, a lot of people see, you know, the way that they're moving and they're like, oh, it looks weird. My arm keeps doing this. I'm like, well, let's make it something. If your arm wants to fling up and do something ridiculous, make it bigger. Yeah. Let's make it bigger. I always say like practice to the point where it feels weird because we can always play around with that, especially in dance. You can always dial it back a little bit, 
But if you get used to experimenting and not being afraid to look silly in life, in dance, in whatever, it's going to just be so much more freeing. Yeah. I kind of want listeners to take a moment to think about like what's one really weird thing about themselves that they could show more. And I would love if you would share with us what's one weird thing about you that you like to share in a way to cultivate that confidence. Yeah. So I literally love making ridiculous faces and crazy noises. Like, I don't know what it is. I believe like Jim Carrey is my spirit animal. And like every (laughs) just picture Jim Carrey in any movie, the crazy faces that this, the that, like I love being that way. And that is something that I'm really comfortable with my inner circle doing that. But outside, that's where I have to practice it, whether it is online or I hosted a retreat last month and we came up with this funny persona that just was a result of me being a weirdo called the sheriff. And I'm literally like pretending I have a piece of straw in my mouth. I like have my guns ablazing. My face is so ridiculous. I'm dancing shuffle to Cotton Eye Joe, like nothing you've ever seen before. But those are the moments where literally I feel most like myself. So for me, it's just like, make the random noise, scream in the middle of the day, do a stupid face. Like, I don't know. I feel so at home that way. (laughs) That's amazing. I love that. So maybe that helps people kind of think about it for themselves and like in what type of weird they are and what they could show more of in their own lives. Yeah. Everyone has a little bit of weird. So when you show yours, everyone's like, oh, okay, let's be weird together. (laughs) I like to say like weird are my favorite type of people. Of course. Like, they're so interesting. Like, why did you just make that random noise? I don't know, because it felt good. Okay. I can't argue that. <laughs> like, all right, then. Sure. Exactly. I love that. So as we take action, whether it's emotional regulation, nervous system regulation, we're leaning into our own weirdness and authenticity. How do we know that we are on the right path, that we are slowly building our confidence? Because obviously we've talked about it's not a switch that's on or off that's finished. So how can we see like, oh, okay, actually I'm building and things are starting to shift? Yeah. There are, I think, some tangible ways, but a lot of intangible ways. So tangible ways could be like, finally feeling confident enough to apply for that position that you thought was out of your league. Or I always come back to this one because when I get this compliment, I'm just like, wow. And it's when people are like, your energy is amazing. Like you're glowing. That to me is like, that's it. That is the ultimate compliment because you're expressing that sometimes without even having to express anything at all. And people are picking up on that. Another, a little bit more intangible thing could be You're choosing to do things that are confident more frequently than you're choosing the opposite. And the reason I say more frequently is because like you said, it's not a switch that you turn on and just 100% of the time you're good to go. There are going to be moments where I'm hiding and I'm fearful and I'm doing the things that I don't really want to do out of self-protection. But if I'm choosing the opposite more frequently and I can actually like measure that, that's going to be incredible. So an example is like recognizing your negative thought patterns on a more regular basis and knowing exactly what to do to either shift them or to feel through them with compassion rather than judgment. So if I have a negative thought come up and I'm like, huh, all right, 
that kind of sucks. Doesn't feel fantastic. Or am I like, oh my God, I can't believe this is here again. Like, this is so ridiculous. I thought that I was over this. Like, measuring things in a way of compassion versus judgment, how frequently you are choosing that compassion and using the tools that are readily available to you once you've learned them. Yeah, just sort of things like that as an example. Yeah, I think those are good points for people to look at. Like, am I being more compassionate? Am I actually reaching for the tools and like moving forward with them? Am I, you know, feeling, even if you're not receiving that compliment of like glowing, am I feeling more comfortable in myself? Am I feeling more comfortable in other people seeing me? Not even just you're weird, but like you, period, (laughs) you know? And then I think that brings it back to like being an introvert because it's my case too. And I do think that my confidence has grown immensely over the years. I did not start with the label confident, that is for sure. And I am not one that wants attention and wants to be seen like and be in the middle of people. But I do feel that my energy in a group is noticeable, even if I'm not like asking for that attention right? And I'm the one that's a bit more like in the background, people will comment on my energy in a different way. Like I feel so calm when I'm next to you. Or as soon as I hear your voice, I'm like, so like, you know, that there's something about you that comes through, meaning something that's particular, because otherwise it would get lost in the noise of everybody else's energy. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. I think that's a great point as well. Like confidence doesn't have to mean being the loudest person in the room. It can also be this grounded energy, this feeling of like, I don't know what it is about you, but I feel really safe. And I don't know why I feel like I can tell everything to you. And like people, I think that they can sense that fundamental like regulation that you have truthfully. They feel like you're someone who has that inner core being very rooted and that is magnetic to people. Yeah. So I think that's a really good reminder as well. And When you look at the people around you, not that there's a judgment there, but if you're curious about like, is that person really confident or are they kind of just faking it? Because that can affect you in the long run. Like I know in my own dating history, like I tend to be attracted to men that are really confident, but if I don't catch it really early that they're faking it, they kind of turn around and actually act in a very different way that is not confident. And then it kind of you know, it's kind of wasted in the sense of like, that's really not what I was looking for, right? Because then when you're coming from a fake confidence, you're going to do things that are a bit more forceful or rough around the edges to prove your confidence, you know, to like validate that thing. So I think it's also good to like notice how you feel around people that are confident to just get clear on the like, is this real confidence that I can co-regulate with? Or is this confidence making me feel really anxious and really less than that might not be true confidence. I feel like if you're feeling less than with someone that's quote unquote confident, they might actually not be super regulated. And that's what you're picking up. And that's why you're anxious, but it's just that you're not quite feeling safe around them. What do you think? I completely agree with that. It's almost like approving energy. Like I need to prove to you that I'm confident. And I believe everyone here, especially that's listening to this show, like everyone's an HSP, you know, everyone has a little bit of that ability to pick up on other people's energy. So you can feel that you can feel if someone is trying to go above and beyond to prove that they are confident, maybe to uphold the image. Hello, me, 
old me, right? And everyone thought that I was confident. I was so good at doing it until we realized that underneath that first, second, or third layer, there was an incongruency happening. So I think that's a huge takeaway, not only in how we relate to others, but also within ourselves. We're on this journey of building confidence, but for me, it's a little different because I'm teaching people about confidence, so I need to show it as much as possible. But when I'm just in a room, I don't need to show people that I'm the most confident in the room. I don't need to do things that are over and above to really prove that. I think there's a humble energy to being very confident as well. And it's one where I can be confident and I can also tell if someone's maybe not as confident and help to lift them up a little bit in that moment, right? Like you're wanting to be confident and to share and spread that energy with other people, not to prove yourself above anyone else, exactly like what you were saying. Yeah. I think that's a big difference in the way you show up. And I feel like that would be really obvious in the way you talk and communicate. Where do you think confidence comes in when it comes to speaking? There are so many layers to this. Little rabbit hole. Mm -hmm. I think if we were in a room, in a group setting, I think that when it comes to communication, being confident is being a great listener. Like, not that they don't believe, but they don't really attach those two things together. They think that, oh, I want to share and be forward and blah, blah, blah. But in my experience, when I'm not confident, I do not shut the fuck up. And like, that's when you have the word vomit, the regret, the, oh my God, why did I just keep talking feeling? But when I really am standing in confidence, I can share my piece knowing that it's valuable and necessary to the conversation and that I feel good about it. And then I can take a step back and let others have their space as well. I can listen intentionally and really be that like grounded presence for them going back to that. And that is a huge communication thing. It's not just one sided, you know, no one likes being talked at, right? And I love to talk. Believe me, me too. Why do you think I have a podcast? Exactly, exactly. And this is a great example, because when you're interviewing someone, you have the confidence to share what you need to share. And then you're also stepping back and holding this beautiful space for the guest that's on here. So this is a big scale of that. And when it comes to your relationships and communication, I honestly think that there is a way to communicate anything, even if it is a boundary that you feel is a little sharp or rough around the edges in a confident and loving way. And I believe that your words really matter. Your body language matters. Always going back to being regulated. But the state that you're in when you're communicating matters. 100%. You know, and communication is all about like, not controlling what the other person's going to say, but knowing that you need to say your piece for you and kind of releasing what's going to happen after that. And that's hard. Like that's not easy at all, but it's one of the most confident things that you can possibly do is to say how you feel and what you need with love unapologetically. Yeah. And I also heard kind of letting go of your control and the expectations of what's going to happen after you do that, which is even harder. Yeah, that's definitely one of them. Yeah. I also think to bring back something you've said earlier when we were talking about self-compassion, the aspect of judgment, you know, and I think if you work on your self-judgment and your judgment of others, not only does that affect your confidence and your energy, but it also affects the way you're going to talk and like 
communicate what you want to communicate. It's going to come across very differently if it's coming from a judging place versus if it's coming from a compassionate place. So it's all like intertwined. Yeah, it very much is all intertwined. And the judgment and the control, how those are intertwined as well is like, we often don't want to communicate what we need and speak confidently about the things that we require because we are judging or assuming how the other person is going to respond or react. And because we don't have control over that, we'll hold back. I can't say the thing because I can't piss this person off. And I'll be the first to say, this is probably one of the hardest things that I have personally had to work through because it is really, really difficult, but it comes back to that feeling of freedom when you have said what you need to say and you may be using the tools to regulate before and after because sometimes it feels like you're about to be mauled by a bear after you say the scary thing, right? Even if it has the most loving intention, undertone and intention, exactly. All right. I feel like we've already like put a lot on people for today. So I think we're going to start to wrap it up before they get overwhelmed. Love it. Yeah. Come back and listen to this multiple times. (laughs) Exactly. Take notes. (laughs) Anything else you want to add before we finish? If there's like one takeaway that you want listeners to leave with, or if there's something that we should have absolutely mentioned and we skipped, what would that be? I think the takeaway that I will give you is use maybe one or two of the tools that we've mentioned here and conduct an experiment on yourself. I think that when we look at the things we want to do, building confidence seems like this big, giant task we have to complete. And it can feel really scary and overwhelming and unsure where to start. So I like to remove the pressure by being like, let's just do an experiment. Let's just see what happens if you share your weird once a day for the next seven days and report back. Like, obviously, this is helpful if you have a mentor or a friend or someone who's holding you accountable. For me, it's always with my clients or my students. So I'm always like, just report back. Just like, let me know what happens. Very chill, very relaxed, because this experiment is going to go awesome. Hint, hint, nudge, nudge. And you're going to want more of it. And you're naturally going to move yourself towards that direction and want to pull more of that into your life and shed the things that really are not yours in the first place. And I think it's just a lot easier than looking at confidence as like, oh, I don't have this and I need this. And it just feels like this impossible task. So conduct an experiment. I like that idea of experimenting because it also helps you let go of the expectation of the result of like having to achieve something and grow in a way and like, you know, being a plus student. It's just like, let's just try and play and see what happens. And that already removes a layer of judgment, removes a layer of like control. A has to look a certain way. It's just like, let's just see what happens. Yeah. Fuck around and find out. Yeah. Everything that I've done that's been so amazing, whether it's confidence related or not, it started as an experiment. Not drinking started as an experiment. Seeing if I can hit a year, that's a big number, but a year of Duolingo, that started as an experiment. Right now you're doing a year of nervous system regulation every day. That's crazy. Can I do it? Let's just see. Who am I going to be after that? I have no expectation. I have no clue what's going to happen, but I'm just going to fuck around and find out. Yeah. I've done this one. Like the biggest example is a teacher, one of my spiritual teacher had given me this challenge of like, you're going to do this one practice for a thousand days. I was like, dude, that's three years. <laughs> like, are you serious? And he was like, yeah. And he's like, I'm just going to tell you right away you're going to fail. 
it's about what you do when you fail. That's what I'm curious and interested in. And I was like, fuck you very much. (laughs) Thank you. You know, I'm like, okay. And I did fail. And I did fail many times. I was like, I'm at day 287 and I forget. Yes. Something so innocent. You know, then you have to start over. So there's so many ways that it doesn't have to be so dramatic and drastic, but this is what I needed at that moment to do something that I knew I was going to fail at because I was already doing these morning satnas for 90 days, no problem, you know, and it was easy and it was part of my routine and he wanted to force me to get out of the comfort zone. So there's always ways to like, just take one step more than where you are. It doesn't have to be 365 days of nervous system regulation. You can start with seven days and then report back to us. Even if yeah. you're not coaching with us, just come say hi on Instagram and be like, hey girls, I have yeah. done you know seven days. I would love to hear it. I would love to hear any feedback from listeners that take this challenge. I'm giving you this challenge. Seven days of nervous system regulation. You can go see what Alex does on her page, copy what she does, or you can reach out to me and I'll give you a mini program for seven days and you do it. Easy peasy. I love that. Okay. I'll put all your info in the show notes. If people want to go see that 365 days of nervous system regulation on Instagram or anywhere else, where do they go to find you, find your work, whether it's confident coaching or maybe they're like, what's shuffle? I I like to dance. Yeah. So for confidence coaching, everything mentorship related, you can find me on Instagram at Alchemy X Adventures. I have one-on-one confidence coaching enrolling for late spring. So end of April, early May. I'm also going to be releasing a group confidence course, but it'll be open for pre-sale on March 8th and the course will actually begin May 1st. So if that's something you're interested in, just send me a DM on that Instagram and you can get all of the details. And as far as shuffle goes, you can find Find me at Shuffle Shred on Instagram where I'm posting tutorials and I have a free mini course on there. And literally, as soon as you see shuffling, you're going to be like, oh, I want to do that because it's just so fun. It brings so much joy. So Shuffle Dance courses are always open for enrollment. So you can hit me up there and we can figure out what would be best for you. And how to show your weird. <laughs> oh, yes, there will be a lot of that. <laughs> Thank you so much for your time today. This was a really fun conversation. So thank you for being here. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much for joining us today. Please reach out on Instagram to any of us to share with us your little experiment and how you feel after seven days of nervous system regulation or if you need ideas of what to do. We would love to chat with you. Last call for Recharge, Reconnect and Reset the Retreat coming up this April. Check ericabelanger.com slash retreat or DM me or email me for more details or to sign up. You'll find the show notes for today's episode with all the links for Alex's stuff at ericabelanger.com slash 214. Before you go, I just want to say a last thank you to the growing team behind this podcast and their support in making this possible. And this includes all our premium members. Once again, thanks for listening. I'll see you next Monday.